You know, Boston College recruiting has been kind of quiet of late, but I think it's all going to change in this month of June that could be the biggest month for Boston College's class of 2023. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Tuesday, everyone. It is a recruiting Thursday. We did our, usually do our recruiting Wednesday, but we had a whole episode on Wednesday about recruiting basketball uh, with the new commitment of Fred Payne. But today, let's get into football because the month of June, we're about to turn that calendar over to the month of June, is going to be absolutely enormous for Boston College football, and it could really set the trend of where this class is going to head. Now, if you've been following along at bcbulletin.com, I have been posting every new visit that Boston College has listed um, on Twitter. So players that have been announced uh, where I find out, you know, so-and-so is going to visit this weekend, that weekend. It is absolutely the list is getting really impressive and it's every week they have right now I'm looking at three really big weekends. They're going to bring probably somewhere around three dozen to 45 to 50 recruits that are going to be really big names that you're going to want to watch. Now, are they all three or uh, four stars or, you know, above? No, but are they many of them big names with massive recruiting um, offer lists? Yeah, there's quite a few on there. I mean, we could start with some names. I mean, if you want to go through the names, I've 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 brought them up on this podcast many a times. The second, just looking at the secondary offers alone is exciting. You have guys like Khalil Ali, Antonio Cotman, Sean Battle. There's a there, you know the list goes on and on and on, and all these guys have loads of offers. I think you're gonna to want to watch to see where these guys are going now. This is different than last year. Now, last year, if you remember, if you were watching BC Recruiting, they had that barbecue, and that was like the first real uh, event that they had after the COVID restrictions were lifted, and that was a big event. They had a ton of kids on campus. Uh, they did, a, you know, it was a big recruiting event. It was the first time they could actually get kids to meet Jeff Halfley up in person, um, and, it, and it ended up landing probably a half dozen recruits out of out of that event alone. This year... After not doing any camps last year, and I'm not sure they could do camps last year. I don't know about the regulations on that. I'm not going to, to um, make a mistake and say it was or wasn't. But this year, they can do camps. And they have three big ones coming up in June. They have uh, some themes to these camps. There's a specialty camp. There is uh, you know, a high recruit camp. They're, they've got a whole bunch of different camps uh, set up that are attracting some players that have offers and some that do not. Now, if you've watched BC football in the past, a lot of times they've been able to glean, get guys uh, that fit their molds at these camps because they might be guys that don't have huge recruiting uh, offer lists that, you know, really have something that they're looking for. And they haven't been able to do that because they haven't been camps. Now, last year, um, they actually were able to get to another camp in, I believe it was Ohio, where they got defensive end Clive Wilson to commit. Uh, he was a, you know, he's the that that typical BC uh, commitment where he didn't have any, like he had like maybe like one or two offers. He didn't, he wasn't 
a guy that was really well known on the recruiting circles. And all of a sudden he just kind of blew up and then BC offered and landed him. So that's the kind of guys and you get, you know, Steve Adazio, as much as you want to rip on him, he would fill the back end of a lot of his recruiting classes with these camp guys. And, you know, you get the shivers when you think of Adazio, and I believe me, I get it. You don't want to think about, uh, you know, filling a roster that looks like what he did because there was issues with his roster management. But this brings you back to where you're at with Jeff Halfley. If you think Jeff Halfley is a good talent evaluator, if Jeff Halfley is able to look out and say, okay, this guy that I just saw at camp, I can see him progressing to be a starter here or a valuable contributor, then these camps should get you excited. These camps could make a big difference in finding a guy that is under-recruited that you would have never, Jeff Halfley wouldn't have seen because of the COVID stuff for years in the past. So I think these camps are going to be something you're going to want to watch for. I also think it's an important month as the players, if you're if you're following along, the recruits that are coming along are starting to um, whittle down their list. You're seeing more top tens, top five lists, and for some of you, you don't get you honestly don't care. Some of you, you're like, oh, that's really interesting. I, I I'm a recruiting head. You guys know that. Like I love talking recruiting. I get very interested in guys that are fi- finding interest in BC. I think you're gonna see more of that coming up. And there's some big names that you're gonna want to watch to see. Uh, if they make, if BC makes their top f- uh, five or so, guys like T- DJ Braswell, we talked about him last week, the running back from Texas. Um, I mean, sorry, from Georgia. There's, you know, uh, Connor Cox, a tight end that's starting to get more offers. There's um, Roderick Pleasant. You know, he's got BC really far up there, but how long will that last? And it is is what he's saying as accurate as what he actually feels? So those lists are going to come fast and furious in June. I'm telling you, June is one of the biggest months in recruiting, especially for Boston College, a team that doesn't usually let their recruiting drag on through the season. Like they want most of their class done by August. And so BC's only at seven recruits right now. They only have seven guys committed to the team. Will they get, you know, more? Will they be able to add to that list? I think that's what's going to be watched as we get closer to that time. So in our next segment, I'm going to talk to you about what would be a successful June for Boston College recruiting. I'll look at maybe what the parameters should be, what's successful and what's a failure for Boston College. Now it's my favorite time of the show talking about Built Bars. Built Bars has a brand new treat that you need to try out. It's called the Built Granola Bar, and they are delicious. Built Bars have come in three unbelievable flavors in their granola uh, series, including chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Want to try all three flavors? You can get a mixed box at Built.com right now. These are so different from the bars and the puffs. Built Granola Bars are loaded with granola. It's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness. But just like the bars and puffs, these babies are packed with protein and covered in 100% real chocolate. With 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar, Built Bar Granolas will change your world. Built has cracked the code to better granola. They're the perfect healthy snack to pack in your lunch stick on the road or eat as a snack. So if you've been waiting for healthy and delicious granola bar to hit the market, this is your time. Head to Built.com right now to get the Built Granola Bars, including three flavors to try out. You need to check them all out. You're going to get your, you got to get yours today. 
So head over to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you for making Locked On Boston College your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and take of the day. Available on the Odyssey Dads app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So we're talking about the big, bad month of June and Boston College having what's setting up to be a very special month. We, you know, we looked at the numbers. There's a ton of kids coming on campus at a variety of positions, some committed, some uncommitted, some not even offered yet because there's camps going on on campus. But this begs the question, with all of this talent coming up, what would be considered a successful month of recruiting for Boston College? And I think there's a couple of factors that you should look at when it comes to this month. First off, I don't think the the end-all um, data point that you're going to need is commitments. Though at the end, that should be, you know, in the grand scheme of things, what you're doing. But it's one month, and I don't think it's fair to say, oh, Boston College needs five commitments in the month of June to make this a successful month. I think it's more than that. I think it's more than just a raw number to find out what this month needs to do. And I think it's it's really building more on those relationships. You're starting to see guys coming back to Boston College. Like guys like Khalil Ali and Antonio Cotman, they've all taken – Connor Cox, I mentioned him earlier. They've all taken their unofficial visits, you know – Ali was back in, in the winter. Cotman was back in September or October of last year. These guys have been on campus multiple, uh, you know, already. This is their official visit. This is the time, and again, I've, I've talked about what an official visit is compared to an unofficial. This is when the school can lay out the red carpet. They're going to have the, you know, them stay with the host, which would be a player on the team, and really kind of make them feel like a million bucks. And that's where this this success is going to have to come from because Cotman, you know, guys like Cotman, I think are closer to committing and, and figuring out where they're going to want to go. But for me, my factor, my data point that I look at, at what BC needs to do is really solidify some of these recruits, like get them into their conversation and really put them as guys that are are crowing about Boston College on social media. Like Antonio Cotman, for instance, right? He's a guy right now that if you were to ask me who I think he will commit to, he's a cornerback from Virginia. I would put if I had to if I had to bet, I would put him at Virginia Tech. Khalil Ali, I mean, I think he'd be Louisville. Now these official visits have every potential to flip my perception and flip all of our perception of where these guys may end up and why they may end up there. This is their chance to come to Boston college and get wowed. So will those writers that are saying, Oh, you know, Khalil Ali's got, you know, a cousin at Louisville and they've got some NIL deals set up for him, but Boston college. Now they've jumped up. That is what we're going to want to see. That is the type of conversation that we're going to want to find out about. I think that is the layer, the, the the piece of success I want to see from Boston College. I want to see these guys that are kind of, you know, either BC is like a close second or a close third. I want to see them jump to the lead. I want to see them outdo another team on the official visits. I think that is a, a measure of success. And they have every opportunity to do it because they have the coaching staff and team that 
uh, provides quite the bit of um, family and culture and uh, community that a lot of players may be looking for. And you'd be surprised. You know, a lot of people think, oh, it's just winning, it's winning, it's winning, or, you know, whatever. BC is selling some things that students are going to look at. They're looking at, you know, a good education is obviously one, and, and a lot of players do say that. But they're also looking at the ability, as we had with John Garcia on our show a couple weeks ago, they love hearing Jeff Halfley talk about his ability to get players to the NFL. Getting guys to go, like Zion Johnson, or the, his, guy, his cornerbacks from uh, Ohio State. Jeff Halfley has that potential, and he has the experience of being in the NFL. Now, getting him in front of them, getting him to listen to him talk, he has a, a way about him that makes him very intriguing to players. Media falls in love. I mean, he just won the FWAA award for whatever. And I think that's going to be a, a factor there. Can he do that? And can these players pump up BC? So I would love to see BC end this month. And I and I, I, I do see say I'd love to see, you know, four to five commitments, I think is a decent amount, right, um, leaving this month. Uh, so that is where I am at with Boston College in terms of this month of June. Now, where else, what other factors would I like to see? I would love to see a transfer. You know, I, the season's over. Jeff Halfley has mentioned that he'd like to take one or two transfers. And I've mentioned a few names I have been intrigued by, but I haven't seen much in terms of movement. But a lot of transfers do things pretty quietly. And these both, of the, uh, at least one of these guys is super quiet. Um Damon David, uh, safety from Oregon, who was in BC's top, BC was in the top three of his. He was considering he has a very good relationship with Azar Abdul Rahim. See a whole bunch of BC's newer staffs following him. He seems like the type of guy that would take a visit and not tell anyone in the media about it. He's not a guy that was really into talking to 247 Rivals or SI uh, before. So maybe he'd be a nice one. And I would lo- I would love to see BC add another safety, so a little bit of safety help. And, I, you know, when BC was going after Damon David, he was a four-star safety. He had one of the more impressive films that I watched last year. So he'd be one I like to watch. And then there is Aaron Willis, a linebacker for another four-star from uh, St. Francis Academy in Maryland. Again, another school BC has had a ton of success with, uh, who entered the transfer portal out of Tennessee. I'm not seeing as much of connection, but hey, BC has done a really nice job in the transfer portal. A lot of these guys that have come in, have been kind of out of the blue. Um, I knew about Jaden Woodby before he got here, but there's a couple other guys that I just was completely flabbergasted when with, didn't know anything about him before they got here. So um, I'll be interested to see if BC does add a little bit of um, you know support here because I I bet you uh, and, and I don't I haven't seen any names pop up yet that there'll be a transfer that visits with some of these in some of these big weekends. I bet there'll be a few that will come in and we'll hear about them after the fact. And if you want to hear more about it, make sure to check out bcbulletin.com. I will make sure that I update anything I hear. I will be starting to get visitor lists up every weekend so that you know who's coming and I'll get recaps from everything I hear. In our last segment, as we head into uh, Memorial Day weekend, I want to look at some of the big question marks heading um, facing Boston College Athletics. Uh, in this, uh, as this academic season ends, and we'll get into what those will look like.
This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Thanks for making Locked On Boston College your first listen today. Now make sure your second listen is the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. Raphael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin gives fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and of course, big boards. Follow the Locked On NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so... I want to end our conversation today. The 2022, uh, 21-22 Boston College academic season is complete, and there's only one more uh, academic team, uh, sport, athletic team still playing, and that's the women's lacrosse team as they head to play Maryland on Friday in the Final Four of women's lacrosse. But I want to look at some of the big question marks heading into next year. What are some big question marks about BC athletics that we don't know about, right? Obviously, the biggest one, is the state of the ACC. ACC uh, financials are so much further below the potential of where SEC and Big Ten are that it's scary. But there was a new report at the beginning of this week that gave the numbers and payouts for the uh, COVID year of 2020-2021 that showed the ACC was much in much better shape than many had expected. But I'm a little bit more critical because... I look at that and say, you know why? It's because Notre Dame played football was on their networks all year. So I think it shows why Notre Dame is so valuable. But I am still worried, and I still have big questions about BC and the ACC heading into next year and the future of both of these programs. Like, where where is it going? What's going on there? Another big question mark is this whole NIL thing for any sport but potentially mostly football, but basketball, it impacts all sports. I mean, you've seen women's basketball players um, on other teams making the most money um, because they've got, you know, you know, they're good on the field. They've got good looks to go along with their athletics. They're marketable. And there was a, a, a pair of twins, I think, from Stanford that just transferred to Miami uh, that were the, the highest NIL players in uh, basketball, I believe, up until this year. How is BC going to ha- continue to win- like handle this arms race? We've seen some nice uh, additions here and there, but they are uh, you know miles below what USC, Miami, Texas, Texas A and M, Alabama, what they're all doing. How is BC going to be able to do thing to keep themselves afloat in that? That's a big question mark, right? That'll be something that we're going to question going into next year. Also, I think it's fair to say. One of our big question marks has to be about women's basketball. What the heck is going on with that team? I have been able to, at first, I was able to kind of rationalize this, like, you know, giant exodus from the team because of COVID rules, but the numbers don't make sense, and I haven't seen much in terms of transfers coming in. They lost, like, six to seven players to the transfer portal, and you can't tell me that Joanna McNamee couldn't find spots on her team for, I mean, I would just say Taylor Soul. That's the biggest one. That was the biggest concerning one I saw. But even like Cam Schwartz, I'd love to see her back. You know, you get some of the freshmen that are leaving. What is going on? And will we ever find out what's going on? They just lost a, a uh, assistant coach just left. They just hired a new one. I, you, you know, BC is very good at being quiet and, you know, they're not going to tell what actually happened there. But I have major questions of what was going on there that they lost all these plays because the team now is is I'm worried about where they're going next year because they have some talent there. I mean, Ali Carmen, their center is going to be really exciting, but like, wouldn't it be nice to have like Taylor Soul and Cam Schwartz around them for one more year? Well, they don't. So um, I think that's another question mark for me. 
and the biggest one. I mean, I, I could get into like nitty bitty things, but that would be a whole episode. I'm, I'm going like big picture ones that are just concerning for me is who's the AD? We haven't heard a single thing since Pat Kraft left to go to Penn State. You know, they just hired uh, Greg Brown as the hockey coach, but the athletic director search is dead quiet. And I, that honestly, folks, that doesn't surprise me. BC with their athletic department um, hires have notoriously been quiet. The only person that's ever going to report anything because they don't say anything to anyone is Pete Thamel, who's you know gets every scoop for everything. He's a great reporter. I'm not. I'm not doubting. I'm just saying he's the one that gets it all. Um, and there's nothing that's been out now. Blouds, uh, Mark Blouchin has been throwing. He threw out a few names, but I mean he's just throwing crap at the wall. So I I wouldn't take anything he has to say with a grain of salt. Um, but who's it gonna be? Are they gonna go with a new name? Are they gonna go with a you know young AD kind of like they did with Martin Jarman, someone more experienced like Pat Kraft, who's still on the younger side but from a smaller school? Or are they gonna go with you know a retread? I mean, who's what are they doing? I that's a big that's a humongous question mark, and that leads to our final question: What's going on with Mike Gambino, the baseball coach? Um, I haven't had a chance to really kind of dissect the baseball team because none of you want to listen to it. I, I get the statistics of what you like and what you don't like. Whenever I talk about baseball, everyone goes quiet. So I'm just going to say they were dead last in about every possible statistic you can think of. Hitting, fielding, ba- uh, pitching. It's It was horrible. They went backwards in everything. And Gambino is technically the, still the head coach. No one's going to say anything other than maybe Brad Smart, who used to write for the Heights, because no one really covers them. I don't cover them because you don't read it. Um, <laughs> but is Gambino going to continue to be the coach? Or are they going to wait until they get a new AD so he can put his guy in? I mean, they hired Greg Brown without a new AD, but that was I think that was a little different. They had the, their behind-the-scenes alumni to do that. But what will baseball do? I mean, Gambino is a popular guy in that BC baseball community. He's friends with the Freights family. I know the Yockeys like him. I think you know the foundation likes him. But oh, BC baseball is so irrelevant right now. I mean, they lost five. They won five of 30 ACC games. They went five and 25. How can that be sustainable when you have a brand new facility, a brand new freight center, all this new stuff, and you have a coach that has a team that had a, a league ERA in the ACC alone in the mid eights? They were hitting in ACC play like 230. I mean, what what are they doing? Is it time to make a change? I mean, they just canned almost all his assistant coaches last year and let him pick new ones. Well, how much longer are they going to let this go on? And it's not an, I, I'm not trashing Mike Gambino. He's a great guy um, who, who really does care about the program. I'm just saying, looking forward to the future of this program, is he the right – I'm posing that question. Is it time to make that move and try someone else? And I think it is. I think I honestly think it is. So that's the, that's the big question. But I don't think they're going to do anything until they have a new AD there. So we'll have to wait and see who that's going to be. On Friday's show, it is Mailbag Friday. So if you have questions, make sure to DM me at AJBlack underscore BC or at LockedOnBC. Or you can email me at AJBlackMedia at gmail.com. We have a new email address, so check that out. At AJBlackMedia at gmail.com. We'll see you all again tomorrow. Take care and stay safe, everyone.